Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for ASHP's Practice Journeys podcast. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. My name is Heather Howell, a P4 student at the University of Texas at El Paso School of Pharmacy and also the Pharmacy Student Forum Chair for ASHP. Today we'll be chatting with Drs. Ella Domingo, Michelle Johnston, and Carissa Chow about how you can ace your upcoming residency interview presentations. Thanks for joining us today. Let's start with introductions. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your current position? Ella, we will start with you. Thanks for having us on the podcast today, Heather. Um, it's really exciting to be able to talk about this topic. Um, so my name is Ella Domingo, and I have previously been involved with ASHP since I was a P1, so happy to be on this podcast today. Um, so I've served as an ASHP intern and also as the Pharmacy Student Forum Chair last year. And currently, I am a PGY-1 pharmacy resident at Ascension Seton in Austin, Texas, and will be staying on for another year for PGY-2 in internal medicine here and I currently serve on the New Practitioners Forum in the Clinical Practice Advisory Group. Thank you, Ella. And Michelle? Hello, my name is Michelle Johnston, and I am a PGY-1 at the Johns Hopkins Hospital. Um, I also served some time on um, the New Practitioners Forum and have been involved with ASHP now for a few years throughout pharmacy school. And next year, I will be serving um, as a PGY-2, staying on at Johns Hopkins in pediatrics. Congratulations, Michelle. Um, and Carissa, last but not least. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. My name is Carissa Chow. I completed my PGY-1 and 2 in pharmacotherapy at the Johns Hopkins Hospital in 2022. I'm currently a board-certified clinical pharmacy specialist in internal medicine at Penn Presbyterian Medical Center um, and the co-chair for our pharmacy and therapeutics committee. I'm also a member of our residency advisory committee and run part of our residency interview sessions, so I'll bring that experience to our discussion today as well. I also serve on the new practitioner forum with Ella this year. Thank you, Carissa. It's a pleasure to have you all three joining us today. So next, we're going to popcorn it back to Carissa. Can you explain the typical format or structure of a residency interview presentation? So the residency interview is typically 10 to 25 minute presentations that are followed by five to 10 minutes of question and answers from the interviewers. Depending on the residency programs, presentations can be requested on various topics, including clinical ones and non-clinical topics like a specific hobby that you might have or presentations about yourself. PGY-2 residency interviews tend to be related to a clinical topic in the specialty area that the PGY-2 is in. Perfect. Thank you, Carissa. And Ella, can you tell us a little bit more about the format as well? Yeah, of course. So uh, to build off of what Carissa mentioned, um, in terms of the actual presentation itself, um, and this can vary slightly, but typically if it's a clinical presentation, then uh, most candidates will structure it as epidemiology, then disease state, pharmacotherapy, and then in introduction 
to the patient case before delving into some primary literature, dissecting that, and then finally applying it to the patient case and really wrapping everything up with a bow. So um, that's a typical structure that we have. So really honing in on that to be able to analyze everything and then discuss everything based on the questions that the preceptors have, like Carissa mentioned. And Ella, in regards to applying it to the patient case, would you say that's kind of like a question and answer that you're giving to who you are presenting the case to, or just a summary wrap up? Um, Typically, it is a summary wrap up. So you would bring your patient case back up on the slide. And then based on the literature, the data that you gathered, you might highlight certain factors and then describe your rationale as to why you would recommend a certain therapy uh, based off of what you discussed in your presentation. Perfect. Thank you. And Michelle, did you have anything to add to the format? No, I think they went over kind of um, typical formats that you'd see both virtually and in person. I think the majority of mine were PowerPoint presentations and things like that to prepare for um, as a good recommendation for students. Perfect. Thank you. Now moving on to the next question. What are the key elements that make a residency interview presentation stand out? And we'll go ahead and start with Ella for this one. So some typical factors that would really make presentation stand out would be making sure that the slides are very visually appealing, they're very clean, they're not busy with a lot of text, um, visuals that complement the main points, um, really using, taking advantage of smart art, that's a great way to really um, bolster your presentations, um, making sure it's organized, like we mentioned with that potential format of a clinical presentation, and then really just making sure that your organization reflects your thorough understanding of the material and you know what to point out visually and what to explain verbally so that you are very efficient with your um, slide real estate. And then also just very fluid transitions from section to section. So it doesn't seem bulky. It seems like you've practiced it a lot and you know how to weave it together into a cohesive story. Thank you, Ella. And Michelle, what key elements would you recommend? I would recommend to try to engage the audience throughout the presentation, finding a presentation that's meaningful to you and interesting to you. So it's something that you're going to be excited to discuss, um, as well as being prepared for questions, um, whatever that may hold, I think can help you stand out as a presenter. Perfect. Thank you. And Carissa? I agree with what Ella and Michelle already said. Um, Some additional things for like a clinical topic, especially that the information is accurate and that incorporates evidence-based medicine and especially primary literature, if appropriate, along with the proper citations. Perfect. Thank you. And moving on, we're going to start with Michelle for this next one. How should students go about selecting a compelling and relevant topic for their presentation to really showcase their passion and interest? Sure. I think one opportunity is using a presentation that you have um, previously used, possibly during appy rotations or during work, things like that. I think are easier for students to go about having either a pre-prepared presentation or something that they're familiar with and have discussed with the group before. So I would suggest either using a topic um, you find of interest, either from school or from appy rotations. Great. And Ella? 
And really not much more to add to that. Um, I, re I really want to emphasize the point that it should be a topic that you're really passionate about. So um, if you're very passionate about cardiology, make sure that when you're on your appies um, that you pick a topic that has some relevant literature, maybe some exciting um, new findings that came out, um, because the more that you're invested in your topic, the more excited you are about really crafting the best possible presentation you can. Perfect. Thank you, Ellen. Carissa, did you have anything additional to add? Sure. I wanted to add for non-clinical topics, picking a topic that you're passionate about, um, like a clinical topic, but also one that is unique to you, showcases skills that would potentially be translatable to a residency program, such as teamwork, uh, determination, ability to accept feedback, and other residency skills. That is very smart and something I did not think about in advance when thinking about non-clinical presentation. So thank you very much for that, Carissa. Alrighty, moving on, how can students tailor their presentations to showcase their unique strengths and experiences? Um, and we'll start with Carissa for this one. Yes, so every student will have their own unique rotations that make them the residency candidate that they are. That could include the rotation um, topic uh, or specialty area and also the preceptors that they work with. Uh, so bringing that into the presentation can really highlight some of those unique experiences that other candidates might not have um, and make you stand apart too. Perfect, thank you, Carissa and Michelle. Yeah, I think another idea is that some presentations um, can actually include either unique experiences about yourself or I've had um, interviews that have just been a presentation about tell me about yourself and so kind of showcasing um, unique things that you want the group to remember you by um, not necessarily school accomplishments but things that show you as a well-rounded student but then I think you can even discuss more patient case cases or things that you've learned on rotation um, to help aid your other presentations. Great thank you and then Further going into this, how can students make their presentations more engaging and memorable for the interview committee? Really looking at like body language and the actual student presenting themselves. And if you all could also emphasize differences between doing virtual and in-person interviews, how that might have any impact on how the students can make it more engaging. And we will start with Ella. I think you definitely hit the nail on the head, Heather, with um, talking about body language, because that's really important regardless of the setting, the format of the interview. But some ways that um, the candidate can really stand out is um, eye contact. I know Michelle really mentioned this earlier on. Eye contact is really important. Confidence and delivery. So um, how you sort of obtain this confidence is just by practicing it multiple times, um, you know, delivering it during your appy rotation, practicing it with mentors, which we'll touch on a little bit uh, as well. And then also just like a thorough understanding of the topic, which helps build that confidence as well in your delivery. So it's all a positive cycle. And then also um, really crafting good assessment questions, um, because assessment questions allows you to break up your material, allows you to engage with your audience. Um, it demonstrates your thorough understanding of the material by crafting good questions and also by being able to rationalize why certain answers were incorrect and why the correct answer is the best option. So that's another really great way to make yourself stand out. 
And touching on the delivery um, regarding the format, I think the main point um, is uh, for virtual versus in-person interviews, you know, try to deliver it with the same poise, the same confidence, um, regardless of the format. So um, in person, I feel like it comes naturally because you have, uh, you can see everybody in person. So you really want to be mindful of your nonverbals, but don't let that go if it's a virtual interview as well, because um, you want to make sure your face is engaged the entire time. And that can really say a lot about you as a candidate. And I'm sure um, Michelle uh, and, and, you know, has uh, additional things to add about that too. Thank you, Ella. Yes, Michelle, did you have anything additionally to add? Yeah, I think you nailed all those points. I think they're great to keep in mind. Um, but again, even for virtual interviews, continuing to be energetic, maybe even larger than life because you are in a virtual setting and trying to maintain that eye contact, maybe arranging things so you're practicing looking at the camera. Um, I think all of that really makes a big difference. And then communicating with all of those in the room when you're in person, making sure you're maintaining eye contact with the whole room instead of just one or two people um, are also ways to be more engaged. But again, keeping good energy, um, just trying to be yourself during the presentation and practicing a few times beforehand so you're not nervous. Because I think sometimes um, it might be easier to remember you by your nerves and the content you actually displayed. So focusing on that good energy and practicing ahead of time. That's a very good point, Michelle. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, how can students prepare for potential questions that may arise during or after their presentation? Um, Ella, do you want to start this one off for us? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so starting off with the fundamentals, make sure you review your literature, your pharmacotherapy, your guidelines. So really knowing mechanisms of action, what the recommendations are for that particular disease state, um, really having that down pat um, in case you get questions about um, just guidelines to sort of re review your um, your knowledge base. Um, but then building off of that, um, I sort of mentioned practicing as much as possible with mentors because mentors can really bring in potential questions that you didn't anticipate so that in case you do get that question on interview day, you had some of the basis to practice that. So really emphasizing that you have your baseline knowledge in terms of that particular content that you're covering, but then also thinking outside of the box um, and anticipating questions that um, that hit on gray area or hit on particular interpretations of the literature. So not only having that firm knowledge base, but really looking at what potential gray areas they might ask you um, ask you on. Perfect. Thank you, Ella and Carissa. I definitely agree with what Ella mentioned, especially the gray areas. Um, in order to prepare for some of those areas, understanding what the literature that you're presenting on in terms of the statistical analysis and primary and secondary endpoints, what was studied and what was not studied. Um, and if you have time, skimming the supplementary materials can be helpful for seeing those uh, differentiations um, in the literature. Also understanding the background of the presentation, like why are you presenting on this? What makes this topic uh, important to present on? And the application of the pre presentation. So how should the audience use the information that you just presented? Perfect, thank you, Carissa. And Michelle, did you have anything to add? 
Or I think other things that are helpful, uh, again, is just practicing giving the presentation, maybe doing this to an outside group and making sure they can ask you as many questions as possible. So you're even more prepared um, and have a grasp of what questions may be asked about the presentation. And I think there's still opportunity if you don't know the answer, instead of making a guess, um, just simply answering um, I can get back with you in the future and then making sure to do that if that is expected of you. I don't think that's ever a wrong answer again, rather than making a guess or saying, I don't know. I think that shows responsibility for the question and that's something to do. Perfect. Thank you, Michelle. That leads us right into our next question. What's your advice on handling unexpected or challenging questions? So did you have anything additional to add on that, Michelle, since you touched on it right now? Sure. I would just Again, give yourself a moment to gather your thoughts, break down the question if needed to help you process the entire thing. You can ask clarifying questions and then possibly giving a generic answer. Or if you can think of a specific answer, then definitely go do so. Um, but again, preparation, I think, is the number one thing that will help in this case. Perfect. Thank you, Michelle. And Carissa, what advice do you have? Candidates often forget that it's okay to ask the interviewer for a few minutes to think. I think we feel often the rush to go ahead and quickly answer or they're going to think that we don't know. Um, but it's perfectly all right to pause and collect your thoughts using some of the techniques that Michelle mentioned and asking clarifying question. Um, it's if you're at a true loss of the answer, um, it's okay to talk through the answer and walk through the your thought process and rationale with the committee. I would just note that you would mention then how you would confirm your answer um, and where you would look up this answer if they do press you for a actual answer. Thank you, Chris and Ella. Did you have anything to add? Yeah, that was along the lines of what I was going to say as well. So really explaining that thought process and providing your current knowledge. And then um, you would reference what you would look at. So is that literature, guidelines, um, various uh, databases as well? Um, but I think this can be an opportunity for you to demonstrate how you would keep your cool and then demonstrate responsibility and, and follow up because this happens a lot in residency where you might get asked a difficult question where you're not, some some um, interview questions or presentation questions might be more straightforward, but sometimes they might want to ask you a question that's really uh, a, a lot more difficult. So this could be an opportunity for you to demonstrate um, your ability to reference the appropriate um, materials and also show that you can demonstrate this adaptability on residency as well. Perfect, thank you, Ella. Those are some really good points from all of you. What are some common mistakes that students make during residency interview presentations and how would you recommend they avoid those? So we will start with Carissa for this one. So when candidates become nervous, the reaction is to often speak very rapidly um, and then to add filler words. So you can avoid this mistake by practicing your presentation multiple times like we've discussed throughout this podcast and intentionally slowing down your rate of speech. If you think you're 
going too slow is probably actually their correct speed. Um, and to kind of confirm your presentations, you can videotape your practice sessions. And while this might seem like a very um, uncomfortable exercise, it can be an actually very useful exercise um, in evaluating and fixing any unconscious presentation mistakes that you have. Um, if it's a virtual presentation, uh, candidates can often make the mistake of feeling the need to rotely uh, create a script and then read that script, and that can be very obvious to the interviewer. So creating bullet points of the key points that you want to discuss and then practicing as well as visualization of the presentation can be helpful there. Thank you, Chris. I think that videotaping is a very um, important tool we can use to help prepare. So it's different when you watch it back yourself, too. Um, Ella, what did you have to add? I think I just wanted to touch on the delivery and the importance of trying to minimize frequent filler words like um, uh, so. Uh, there's different ones that people might gravitate towards, but uh, trying to minimize the use of filler words and then making sure that transitions are really intentional. So not just saying so and then moving on to the next slide or um, just having a very fragmented transition by demonstrating that you have really fluid transitions to where it's it's like a story that you're telling, then that really shows your preparation for the presentation. And then also wanting to avoid that you're um, not properly preparing for the baseline knowledge question, which is, I, I feel like, a given. So really know the guideline recommendations, know the, the agents that you're talking about, and for the most part, try to know the primary literature that you have inside and out so that you can comment on things pretty high level. Um, so by, you know, how we can combat this would be, like we've mentioned multiple, multiple times, uh, practice it multiple times with your mentors on appies so that your focus is on polishing closer to the interview rather than trying to improve larger areas. So by focusing your time on polishing closer to the interview, it might start to um, just become second nature and you just feel very free when you're giving the presentation as much as you can within the nerves, but really just enjoying that, that opportunity to deliver this content to the preceptors. I feel like um, once you get to that level, then it's a good, a good space to be in. Thank you, Ella. I think the theme of this whole podcast is practice makes perfect. <laughs> uh, Michelle, did you have anything else to add? No, not really. I think everyone uh, did a great job of really explaining how to avoid some of those mistakes. Um, and I do agree with you. Practice makes perfect. <laughs> Thank you. What is one thing you wish you would have known going into the residency interview presentations? And we'll start with Carissa for this one. One thing I wish I had known was that interview groups can be of two people all the way to 20 plus people watching you um, present your topic. So don't let the size of the audience intimidate you. Um, that can be especially jarring depending on your appy rotation presentations, um, if it's in person especially. 
At this point, you should have been well prepared for the presentation in content as well as your presentation skills. And it's really your time to show them why you're the best candidate for their residency program and also for you to see why they would be the right program fit for yourself. So residency interviews should always be a two-way street. Um, so you're interviewing the program and they're interviewing you. Alrighty, thank you, Carissa and Michelle. Yeah, I wish I would have known, I think, ahead of time um, to prepare earlier by using those PowerPoints from Appy Rotations. I think that would have saved more time on the back end. So while you're still in Appy Rotations, I think um, the earlier, the better that you can to make sure you have solid presentations and things that looking ahead you could use for residency interviews. Um, but I agree, kind of enjoying your time in the interview, um, really getting to know the group of people interviewing you because you are interviewing them, I agree, as much as they're interviewing you. Great, thank you, Michelle. So it looks like we have time for one more question. This will be for all three of you. Looking back at your own experiences, what final words of encouragement or wisdom would you share with any fourth year pharmacy students that are about to begin their residency interviews and presentations? And we'll start with Michelle for this one. Sure, I would really recommend uh, for everyone to enjoy their time as much as possible, um, meeting new people, meeting new, also incoming um, interviewing residents and trying to, again, make sure you're prepared for this time, um, but enjoy it because it's not often in your life you'll be having so many different interviews um, and getting to network and meet so many different people, traveling to different places. Um, so that's some advice I had received. And I really thought about that and took that to heart into all my interviews and think I had a much better time and was less stressed throughout the process. So enjoy and I wish the best of luck for everyone interviewing. Thank you, Michelle. And Ella, what um, advice do you have for us? I would say lean on your mentors, trust the process, and also whenever you have time to relax and recharge, definitely invest in that because it's really sometimes the most productive thing that you can do while you're going through this very jam-packed residency interview season. So um, I meant we've mentioned like leaning on your mentors and practicing a lot. That's a huge theme of this podcast. Um, and then trusting the process, you know, the more practice that you have, the more opportunity, like we said, that you have to really enjoy this content that is really fascinating to you and see what others' thoughts are and, and have that opportunity to engage with them and have that conversation. So it really is an exciting process once you get to um, the interview day. Um, and then finally, um, like I mentioned, when you do have those days off in between interviews, take time to watch your favorite movies, hang out with your family and friends, um, and, and really fully invest in that time that you have to recharge because that's also very special too. And then it has you ready for the next um, round of interviews and you can really take a mental picture and take it all in while it's happening. I'm loving the positivity coming from all of you. Uh, Carissa, take us on home with your final words of encouragement for our fourth year students. Residency interviews are a very stressful time. And one of the pieces of advice that I got from one of my mentors that helped me during that time was 
that it, you'll be okay no matter what happens. And I found that was true with my friends um, from college and friends I met from across the nation, as well as the mentees and other students I've gotten to know throughout the years. Um, people who don't match in phase one, there's a phase two and there's a scramble. And my friends who didn't match are still able to live their best lives um, and they're where they're meant to be. Yes, it's one of the most stressful experiences, but you will be okay at the very end of the day. Um, and like everyone else mentioned, try to spend some time for yourself and be kind to yourself. Thank you, Chris. I think all of you brought up really good points to emphasize since it is so stressful and just reminding ourselves to stay, stay positive, take time for ourselves and that we will be okay. Cause we're gonna end up, we already made it through pharmacy school. So we'll get through it regardless. Um, but that is all the time we have for today. I wanna thank you all, Drs. Ella Domingo, Michelle Johnston and Carissa Chow for joining us today and sharing their story. Join us here at the ASHP official and the Practice Journey podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.